Well, transitions are hard. And I've known about this one, uh, month and a half, whatever. And we're just going to miss Justin so much. And we wonder, what's next? Well, that's the nature of transitions, right? God is continually bringing us through transitions in order to strengthen our faith in Him. Lori and I have been going through a slow transition of becoming empty nesters. Uh, they're not all gone, but we don't see them much. <laughs> so uh, we say, yeah, what's going on here? This is really different. I mean, what do we talk about? I mean, we always talk about the boys, right? That's what you do. You talk about the kids and their, their school and homework and the sports they're involved in, church activities. You've got to be chauffeuring them all over the place. And then all of a sudden, they disappear. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's starting to settle in my heart as uh, we've been helping our boys uh, with this uh, transition. And again, it's, it's a good thing, and also it's a painful thing when you go from one chapter of your life to another chapter of your life. So Lori and I have been practicing being along. We went out to Ravinia a couple of times this uh, summer. We went to uh, the Doobie Brothers, and, you know, <laughs> the Doobie Brothers uh, left the stage, encore, and then I was walking out as they played my three most favorite songs. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and then I had to drag Lori to hear the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. <laughs> if you know me, you know that's not the case. But uh, we went to the 1812 Overture as well as many other of Chavosky's great hits. And uh, it was fun. There were cannons going off, lots of live with cannons. And, yeah, there were cannons there, and they went off very close to us. In fact, the first time they did that at Ravinia, uh, neighbors were calling 911, wondering what in the world was going on. Well, we had a great time. We just want to continue to grow through transitions. And what we want to do today is talk about five truths about transition, what God has to say about transition. Let's look at uh, a book that we studied a couple of years ago, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 2. For everything there is a season. Okay? We go from one season to the next season, and many times we have season changes going on on top of each other because life just continues to change. And a time for every matter under heaven. A time for every matter. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. And it goes on to give all these different transitions that we experience in life. But again, it's the way God planned it. I think if we just accepted that, there is going to be change. I encourage people just to lower their expectations. <laughs> That's a wise thing to do, right? Because you will live a frustrating life if you have expectations that never are met. When you could settle, because God puts you there, right? If you could settle for your life right now, be content with it. It releases a lot of frustration. But it's hard to do. You have to depend upon the Lord. Some Christians are transitions going back to school this fall, right? you got kids going into... Grade school for the first time, going to middle school for the first time, high school, college. We have 
is moving out, falls a time of a lot of transition. And we again need to walk with God through it. Other transitions might be an illness or going through a divorce. The main thing we need to remember, and the first point is about transitions, they are beyond my control. Let's say that together. They are beyond my control. How many of you really believe that? (laughs) You know, we do so much to micromanage our life, to, to build this false sense of security. So we've got the right education, and we've got insurance, and we thought of almost everything that could go wrong, and we've come up with some way <laughs> to control it in our mind. Right? We control relationships, we control our jobs, whatever. But just when you think things are coming your way and things are going well, God hits you with another transition, another season. Because again, we always need to remember where God wants us is totally relying on Him. Trusting in Him. And you walk throughout the day. Have you walked throughout this week without trusting God? Have you not prayed to Him? Well, again, that's the critical thing that the Bible teaches is that we need to be aware of His presence and depend on Him and Him alone. He is our hope. How about the 2016 uh, presidential race? How many are sick and tired of hearing about it? <laughs> yeah. well, you know, it's like, is it this fall? No, it's a year. Every election season comes up and get a year and a half of news out of it. And there are many interesting people. you got Donald Trump, the you are fired guy, right? And he is in the lead among Republicans. And he's been saying a lot of provocative things that's getting him a lot of press. And he's attracting dissatisfied voters. And those politicians will work with choose a businessman who can lead us. But Donald Trump, and then you have the 14 other Republican candidates, they even had to have an afternoon, a afternoon uh, uh, debate because they have so many of them. They had like eight in the evening and then six maybe in the afternoon. Anybody watch the afternoon debate? Okay. Yeah, a couple of people did. Yeah, well, again, four, 15 candidates? Where do we go with that? And then on the Democratic side... You have Hillary Clinton and Hillary Clinton and Hillary Clinton. Oh, you, you've got Bernie Sanders. Now, he's starting to pick up some speed. you got all this stuff going on. And who is going to win is the question. Well, nobody knows. The pundits have really been surprised by Donald Trump's uh, success. But we know. We know where the answer can be found. Daniel 2.21. He, God, changes times and seasons. What does that mean? God is sovereign. God brings about everything in our country's life and in our life at a certain time for a certain reason. He removes kings and sets up kings. 
You know who's going to determine the candidacy next year or the election? God is. God's already got that person chosen out. In fact, he's chosen all the presidents through United States history, and he's going to choose all the presidents until he comes again. God makes the call, and that's why we can have a sense of security by clinging to God as our hope, as our refuge and strength, because He is God, and He controls everything. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. Again, right in James, you know, if you want wisdom, I'll give it to you. We need to continually be consulting uh, with God. God knows all of our seasons. In fact, Judy Straley gave me a call last night, and uh, her father, Walter Laboda, had passed away. He was 97 years old, <laughs> and he passed away in his sleep. That's the right way to go, right? <laughs> That's a blessing in itself. But now they're going to enter into a, a grieving process, uh, and they're going to just, I know they'll depend upon God as they walk uh, through this time. So all those traditions come at different times. And nothing is too surprising for God. <laughs> oh, you got in an accident? I wasn't watching. No. God knows everything that's going to happen to you, and He's promised to shepherd you, to care for you, to provide for you. And until that day, you step into eternity. The thing about transitions... They're really confusing because you don't understand them. Now, many times you understand as you look back at a transition about how God used you and changed you and made you more mature in Jesus Christ. But it's never at the beginning. We're clueless at the beginning, right? When God brings a test into our lives and we're saying, why? No, my life is terrible, that kind of thing. Uh, we always need to remember that God makes these things happen or allows things to happen in our lives. And His key intent is to have us trust in Him. God wants us to live by faith and not by explanation. Now, would you really want a year of uh, calendars to tell you exactly what's going on in your life the next year? Well, no way! You wouldn't walk out the door, <laughs> right? This is going to happen to me. This is going to happen to me. That's why he sends the problem slowly, right, and maturing us. The third thing about these transitions are not there proposed by God. One of the most beloved uh, verses in Scripture is Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good and for those who are called according to His purpose. How many have clung to, clung to that verse during a difficult time in your life? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You have to trust in God's goodness. And it's, it's a muscle that you develop over time. Saying, oh, this has gone wrong, but God is still good. He still wants the best for me. And even though the world says, oh, your life is really messed up, God is in control. Even when I make sinful decisions, He still holds on to me, right? And He uses that sinful mess in order to help me grow. 
They're all proposed by God. They're not freak accidents or random. Another thing is they are good and bad. Remember the idea of the railroad tracks? One track is the good things that are going on in your life, and one is the bad or the painful. And we're always trying to get rid of the other track, but you need both tracks, right? That's why you can never say, well, at this point I'll be happy. Because you still have both tracks, and we just have to accept that. But that's where God is taking us. We look at Ecclesiastes 3.11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also is He put eternity in men's hearts, so that He cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. So He puts eternity in every person's heart. Every person deep down knows that they're missing something in life. And it's that God-shaped void that we have the privilege of telling people in this community and around the Chicago area with your jobs about something that will fill that void. He says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Now, I know this is really hard for all of us to understand that when we're going through pain and suffering and grief or loss, loss of a job. The reason that God allowed that is to make you more beautiful to Him. More beautiful to Him. Most of the time we walk around so concerned about what other people think about us. But there's only one person in the audience, right? It's God. And He knows what's going on in your heart and the way you feel and the desperation. And He just says, hold on to me. Hold on to me. Through this. And right now, our family is going through a, a transition. Our church family, and John Jackson, of course, uh, left in June to go uh, back to his former church to be the lead worship pastor. Now Justin is being sent out into church planning. And sometimes I say, what's going on, God? <laughs> but I know it's all good. You know, I'm preaching this message for myself. Uh, <laughs> then we've seen people move away. We've seen people transition to other churches. And what's going on with that? Yeah, we're going through a transition. So how do we respond when things aren't going exactly as we thought they should? Well, we just bow before the Father and say, Lord, uh, we accept this. And we're going to rely on you. And, and we're just going to let go of it. That's really the key thing that we need to learn is to let go of the control of your life. We spend most of our time trying to control our lives, trying to control our husbands or spouses or our kids or people on the job, so things will go the right way. But the greatest thing you need to learn is if you want God to really do things in your life, you have to let go. You have to let go of the control. I was convicted about this this past summer. Uh, you know, I can be controlling sometimes just who I am as a person. And so God is, is teaching me, that, Dan, you need to let go and let God, right? Let go and let God. Let Him take care of the Springbrook ministry. And we all need to do that and pray in that way. Galatians 6, 9, And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Now that, again, is a verse you need to put up or you're going to see it regularly. 
And let us not grow weary of doing good. And sometimes oh, you wake up and you have that feeling of dread about the day. You're going through a real difficult time. and Man, you only have the energy for yourself. I got, I got no energy for anybody else. I just got to keep my head above water. Well, no. You need to continue to serve. You need to continue to you know, raise your children and do whatever God has called you to do. But he acknowledges here that you're going to get weary. You're going to get tired. And you're going to have to wait on God. And that's one of the most challenging things to do is to trust in God and then just wait. You know, say to God, okay, uh, I'm going to give you the next 30 days, and you can do anything you want. And I come back the next day, well, I better, I better, you know, do some things here. It doesn't seem like you're moving fast enough, right? God never moves fast enough. For us, at least, we always want it now. We want light change in ourselves and our kids, and we want it now. But God, again, continues to mature us and say, no. You need to wait, wait on me. And that's when he does his best works. Now let's look at three questions about transitions. Uh, The first is, what can I learn? What can I learn? You remember the Israelites? And we always trash the Israelites, you know? We think, who are those scumbags? Man, they weren't. True followers of, of God, they're always complaining and whining. And then as you grow as a Christ follower, you realize you are an Israelite. <laughs> right? You complain, you whine, you get angry at God. Right? You want to go back to your old place where they had good restaurants. You want to go back home. But the more I study that, the more I realize yeah, our selfish nature is wired up that way. And just imagine Moses leading over a million of them. Oh, it just makes me shudder. <laughs> right? But we just have to take God's tests as they come. In fact, Moses said to the Israelites, uh, and consider today, in Deuteronomy 11, 2, and consider today since I am not speaking to your children who have not known or seen it. Consider the discipline of the Lord your God, His greatness, His mighty hand, and His outstretched arm. Now, we can read about their experiences in the Old Testament. All the things that God did for them. I mean, He got them out of slavery. Isn't that enough? (laughs) Then He parted the Red Sea, and He provided manna and quail in the wilderness. See, it's so important that we keep things in perspective. We need to realize, as I've said many times before, you are in prep school. You're in prep school for heaven. Right? This is not the main deal down here. But heaven is where it's going to happen, where we're going to experience true joy. And so we have to wait patiently on God as we go through this life. Isaiah 43:19. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. And do, not, and do not perceive it. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, some of you feel like you're in the wilderness or a desert 
right now. The news I heard about a, uh, a family who was hiking uh, in the desert. I think it was in Arizona or something like that. And they went off and didn't have enough water and they got lost. And uh, the, the mother died and the father died. Uh, but the young man uh, survived. Sometimes you feel like you're in that wilderness alone. And you feel so thirsty and you feel so confused. You can just imagine what was going through their minds. Yeah. That's what happens in our lives. But if we're trusting in the Lord, if we're asking Him to provide for us, what will happen once in a while is there will be a, a freshwater spring right there in the middle of the wilderness. And first of all, we desert. First of all, we kind of wonder, is that a mirage? <laughs> but when we get up to it, it's fresh, cold water. Now, that doesn't mean you get out of the desert. But if you depend upon, depend upon God, He is going to continually to encourage you along the way. So if you're going through a tough, tough time, you really need to write down what those things are that God is helping you with. And the new energy that you have in the morning that you didn't have the morning uh, before and the patience to continue to not being weary and doing good and living your life out for Jesus Christ. Again in verse 19 it says, Behold, that means it's surprising, it's something new, a new thing. That's something totally different than you ever experienced before. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Do you not perceive it? Sometimes we're so wrapped up in our problems, we miss out what God is doing. Because it's not enough, right? But you have to slow down a little bit and reflect and say, wow, well, this is something good that's going on in my life. And there's another thing. And that's how God provided for that financial need. And you've got to keep your perspective or otherwise uh, life will overwhelm you. And that's why I've encouraged you in the past, and I continue to encourage you, is to write out what God has done for you. After every test you go through, in any type of notebook or whatever, not a diary, but just write out what has God taught you about Himself and about you. Now just imagine if uh, someone young here uh, in their 20s started that type of discipline, or even our teenagers who are here, of just writing down what God has done for them. I'm sorry that I haven't done it more regularly, but I mean, when they get to be older, what a testimony to God's strength. And what a beautiful thing, beautiful thing to give to your grandchildren, right? Hey, listen, God was always there for me. God always took care of me. And I want to give you this journal to tell you how good God is. A very precious role that the grandparents play. Because you forget. We're always in the moment. We're not thinking about uh, what the good things God has done. We're only thinking about this current moment. That's why it's so important that you write those things down. How many have a list like that? Anybody have a list like that? Okay, good. Yeah. Well, I know it's hard. It's, you have to have a lot of discipline. But again... Dualist is a family. Have your family have a journey of faith uh, journal where you write down as a family when God 
provides. It's one of the most powerful ways you can teach your children about who God is. The third thing, or the second thing, is what can I enjoy? You know, we always spend a lot of time getting ready. Well, I will be happy when I graduate from college. I'll be happy when uh, I no longer have to struggle with this illness. I'll be ha- it goes on, right? And we're thinking about the base, best case scenarios when God wants us to enjoy today. And as you've heard, most people are either guilty about the past or they're anxious about the future and they're not even experiencing the presence. And we as children of God have the unique <laughs> unique uh, relationship with the Father where we can give Him all our burdens. And we can stay in the moment. I was talking to my brother about this about a month ago. And he said, yeah, I've been trying to stay in the moment, but it's really hard. Isn't it? Isn't it hard to be in the moment and experience God there? I mean, Jesus Christ said, don't worry about tomorrow. But that's a lot of what we're doing, right? So we need to enjoy uh, the moment. In James 4.14, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time. And then vanishes. Now, God wanted me to get a picture of that this morning. So as I was driving uh, to church, I, I saw that mist, right? And that, that, that sun will just burn that away. I won't be there when I go back home. And that's my life. And I know people always say, oh, life goes by so fast. But you don't really fully appreciate it and you start uh, to get older. Life flies when you get older. I think it's a biological principle <laughs> or something in our minds that makes time uh, seem different to us than it was when we were younger. Yeah. So, so the important thing of this is determine your priorities. There's all kinds of great things you can do. But really, what is the most important? I like to ask myself, if I die tomorrow, how do I want to spend today? And that's helped me in the moment. Okay, well, whatever these things are going on. But I want to embrace today. I want to enjoy my family, enjoy my church family, uh, serve God, those type of things. Yeah, it's so important. And God can enable us to do that. You know, some of your living restrictions, uh, let's say uh, you're single and you really, really want to get married. And it's very frustrating. You can all understand. But at the same time, what you need to do is live where God puts you. You need to live it to the hill. I mean, as a single person, you have all kinds of options that married people don't have. You can travel and go here and all that type of stuff. And, and what you need to do is instead of always you know, complaining about it, you need to say, what am I going to do to make this opportunity? This is one chapter of my life. I'll never have this chapter of life again. I'm going to trust God for a spouse if he is going to give me one, but I'm just going to live to the hill. I'm going to Find all the things that I can do to help people and enjoy life. Or maybe you're, chi- maybe you're childless. Maybe you've been trying to have a baby for so long. And it seems like your whole world has been surrounded by your infertility. And I certainly can understand that. I've got issues. But at the same time, what 
if you just celebrated that, that time in your life. For some reason, God hasn't given you a child, and you can enjoy yourselves. Lori and I were just married two years before we had uh, Brian. <laughs> you know, it's nice sometimes not to have kids. I mean, think of the money you can spend. Think of the money you can spend, right? I mean, kids are money suckers. I've seen the numbers before, but they're large. When it says, how much does it take to raise a child? So whenever you get discouraged, just pull that number out. Oh, yeah. How can I, how can I bless God with what he's given me? And how can I, I bring more significance to my life? See, the secret in transitions is to be in the moment and thank God for the transition and see, okay, what can I do to serve God, love God? What can I do uh, to enjoy myself? Because God likes it when we enjoy ourselves. Now, the third question is, what can I do to help others? What can I do to help others? Of course, as we remember in Ephesians 2.10, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So God has appointed for each one of us the good works that we're going to do in our life. And we've got to be engaged uh, in those. It says in Proverbs 3.27, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due, when it is your, when it is your power to do it. Again, it's not a question we ask typically when we're suffering. How can I help others? Now we're thinking about ourselves. So, again, it's been proven uh, statistically that as you move out of yourself in your suffering, as you care for others, as you care for neighbors, as you care for friends, uh, it's going to improve your mood. It's going to improve your disposition because you're doing what God designed you to do. So we always need to be looking out for that. In fact, we think of our Kid City ministry back here. We're launching the second year of Kid City, and we need about 25 volunteers. Uh, small groups and other things. And maybe you're struggling right now, and you're saying, what should I do? Well, one of the best things you can do is serve, is get involved. Take on some type of responsibility where you can bless kids or in another area of ministry because it helps you direct the, the energy and the focus away from you onto serving other people. Now what I want to do here is I want us to reflect on these questions. Alright? So think about what transition you're going through. And just apply these questions or these statements that we talked about. Uh, Whatever you're struggling with is beyond your control. They're often confusing. They are purposed by God. They're good and bad. And they're cumulative. Questions? What can I learn What can I enjoy? How can I help others? Let's take a moment to pray to the Lord and pick out the question that is most striking to you and uh, pray to the Lord about it, about that transition in your life.
Lord, every one of us has a, has a burden in our lives. We're going through a certain season that does not bring us a lot of pleasure. And I pray, Lord, that uh, we would take this list of truths and this list of questions and just spend time with you this week, going through them slowly and, again, trying to understand what you will reveal to us about this situation. Lord, thank you that we have a family here that can support us and encourage us, especially in small groups, in regards to standing strong in times of crisis. You are an awesome God. We thank you for what you promised, that you're going to make us beautiful. You're going to make all things good. In Christ's name.